Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin, I'm the C. Um, Zijan, the Z, is not with me. Instead, I have a very special guest. Uh, if you're a devotee of Radio Warwick, you'll know him as the most dangerous man in radio. It's mm-hmm. James Lee. Hello, James. Hello, Colin. Welcome. Hello. Welcome to me, that is. <laughs> Welcome to you, indeed. <laughs> I live here. It's, um, it's a very great pleasure uh, to have you with us to discuss Rogue One, colon, the Star Wars story. Pleasure to be here, yeah. Uh, I understand you're something of a Star Wars fan. I always used, used to be growing up, um, but have particularly in the last year and a half, I think, um, sort of rediscovered my fandom for Star Wars. Um, and ha- having three boys now, who are, um, quite small still, but starting to get them into Star Wars as well, which has been great fun. Are they are they excited by it? By uh, well, I guess they're, they're probably too young to see Rogue One, but they're, they're... they are. I mean, they've seen little clips of um, some of the films, but short bits, and then oh, like, I think particularly sort of Lego Star Wars stuff they quite like. So, um, oh yeah, yeah, I think they've got their Darth Vader pajamas and that kind of nice. thing. And um, so, yeah, they, they're enjoying that. So you bring them up on the dark side, is that the? Uh, well, the yeah, that seems to be <laughs> that their natural tendency to go that way. So, um, Fair enough. Well, uh, okay, so today we're mostly going to be talking about Rogue One. We're going to have a little Star Wars quiz, which might potentially be embarrassing for me. We'll see how that goes. We'll talk a bit about uh, Harrison Ford films and uh, much, much more. But before we get into anything else, uh, I want you to, to get to know our audience and vice versa, James. So mm-hmm. I've got a little a little fi- five-question getting-to-know-you thing. Very good. Um, Far away. You're our first ever guest, so um, I this is completely untested. Uh, okay, what's the... F- what was the last film you saw in the cinema? I've adjusted this to say the last film before Rogue One, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Rogue One was the last one. <laughs> well, we actually um, managed to catch uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them um, for oh, yeah. a friend's wedding in, in Liverpool the other week and um, had a free Friday evening, so we thought we'd try and go and see that. And we're nice. um, delighted to it. There's only, only four ninety nine a ticket. Um, Bargain. about half what it is um, down here in the southeast. So, yeah, no, that was good. Um, no, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, it was good fun. Um, Frequent listeners of the podcast will know that Zeke and I both enjoyed it and indeed have recorded a, a whole episode indeed. on it. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. What was the first film you ever saw at the cinema? Oh. Mm. Now, a better podcast than this would probably have prepared these questions in advance and let you know yes, I was going to ask them. Yeah, cut the I'm pretty well, It was either The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember going to see The Lion King in the cinema. Um, I also remember... I, I, uh, uh, a relative of ours took us to see uh, Greece when it was re-released on the 20th oh, okay. anniversary. So that must have been 98 or so. But I was doing a bit older then. No, I think yeah. I, I'm going to go with Lion King. Lion King was 94, I think. 94, yeah. yeah. That sounds like it would have been nine then. So, yeah, it sounds about right. They're um, they're doing a live-action version of The Lion King uh, soon, like they have done with Jungle Book and, okay. and yeah. Cinderella and, and all that. Mm, I mean, the musical is fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, the, I love the, I've seen the musical twice, I think. It's, um, it's brilliant, so I'm sure... Live action version would be good as well. Awesome. Um, do you have a favourite film? Whew. Now that is a that's a difficult question. I think. I mean, if it was to be a favourite series, I think it would be Star Wars. Topical. As a guest <laughs> yeah. here, um, I think outside of that, I, 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 Gladiator sticks out as one as as, oh, okay. um, as a standard alien films. I, I love Gladiator. I love the soundtrack. I love the the setting. Um, it's just yeah, brilliant film. Awesome. Okay. Um, if there was a film of your life, who would you choose to play you? I mean, apart from Colin Thomas. Apart from the great Colin Thomas. Um, hmm. <laughs> I do know. Um, if someone else was to choose someone to play me, they'd probably choose someone like Ricky Gervais because he's slightly pudgy and has a beard. 
much like you me. You could do a job. I'm thinking maybe, maybe uh, yes, for those of you who can't see James, um, he's a spitting image of... Which is, which is everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about Russell Crowe? Since, uh, Russell Crowe, yes, yeah. Did, did a fine work in Gladiator. He yeah, can, I he think play I well. Russell Crowe, yeah. Okay, and what would the film be called? Um... I'm going to the, definitely tell people these questions in advance next time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the James Lee story. I the James Lee um, story. That nice and original. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I, I'm Fair enough. completely unable to think of anything on the hoof. Tell you what, uh, listeners, if, if you know James and you want to suggest a, a film title um, for his name, let us know. We're at uh, c2zofmovies at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at c2zofmovies. Uh, just for interest, uh, the film of my life would be called Love Actuary. That is um, very good. That's what that'd be called. I think yeah, you could if, if for me you could go for a tribute. You could go for the name of our, our classic, much loved and much missed radio show, Dangerously Articulate. Dangerously Articulate. Yes, I think I think that would be a... beloved of Warwick University students um, in the years well, two thousand six uh, and two thousand seven. It was. They still speak of that time um, yeah. on the on the streets of Warwick University. Absolutely right. I think we now know everything we'd ever want to know about you. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, let's move on to uh, on to news. Mm. So I only found one piece of Star Wars news, and I'm pretty sure it's nonsense. Star Wars Forces of Destiny. You may have you may have come across this. Hmm. Forces of Dest- Destiny has been trademarked in various different places. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And so lots of people think it's going to be the name of, of Episode Eight. Do you think it's going to be the name? No, of I do. I do. I think it, it sounds much more likely to be like a, a, a video game in future. But obviously, basically, legally, they they kind of include the option on that for every type of entertainment. I think when they put the trademark in, but it sounds much more likely to be a, a computer game. I think if that was to come out as the as the title, there would be a lot of very unhappy people. Um, it wouldn't be as bad a title as Attack of yeah. the Clones, but it would be right. Not not it would not go down well. I'm sure. I mean, I just, I just don't think they put the word force in it after having Force Awakens last time. No, 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 I think, yeah, I'm sure it'll be something different to that. There you go. Officially uh, debunked by by the experts here. <laughs> Indeed. Right. The, the, there's been a lot of new trailers come out since, uh, since the last episode of this podcast. And um, the one that caught my eye, which I'm sure that you will have watched and will probably be a big fan of, James, um, the Baywatch movie has got a trailer. That yeah, I have uh, I've not, I somehow managed to not catch that yet. But um, has it got <laughs> oh, yeah. David Hasselhoff okay. in there? I would be willing to bet large sums of money that he has a cameo in it. I would, I would certainly hope so. Yes. I don't think they could make a, a Baywatch movie without the Hoff. No, it would be it'd be artistically uh, compromised. It would. It would. <laughs> and it has The Rock, uh, and okay. it has Zac Efron, and it has a, a host of women whose names I forget. Um, yeah, I think that the, you're not really sold me on that. But no, fine. I mean I'm not going to watch it. So it's. Uh, right. uh, they seem to be playing kind of quite tongue tongue in cheek rather mm. than. Uh, well, in Venice, I've never seen Baywatch. It might have been tongue in cheek anyway. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think I think um, tongue in cheek is probably the best way for them to do it. I think doing a serious version would um, <laughs> probably not really work. I think you're probably right. Did you did you uh, spot any news in the in the last couple of weeks? I, I have been uh, consumed by uh, Star Wars and Mania, so I've seen very little news outside of that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've seen, I've seen a few things uh, following on the wake of um, uh, Fantastic Beasts and, and just kind of thoughts about the future, how they're going to play the um, the sequels. Obviously, going to have four sequels to that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you discussed that uh, at length in your in your previous episode on that on that film. But um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, we did talk a bit about that, and um, and yes, how Dumbledore is going to be turning up, and we tried to decide who should play Dumbledore. Mm, that's, that's we, we had lots of suggestions, but um, 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to uh, to call. I Probably think, not um, Michael Gambon. <laughs> just with lots of uh, <laughs> lots of makeup. Yeah. If they can bring back uh, Peter Cushing, which we'll come on to, I guess they can bring back Richard Harris. Um, he could do it again. Probably it's not. probably worth giving a, a, a significant spoiler alert if you haven't watched Rogue One yet. There will be spoilers. What we usually do is talk about it non-spoilers for a bit and then talk spoilers. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, well, um, I was I was thinking the Peter Cushing thing was already well known, but maybe uh, maybe that you should have come as spoiler warning. But it's fine. We'll, we'll carry on. <laughs> Anyone who knows who Peter Cushing is and that he was in Star Wars surely knows that already. And, 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 and we'll have already gone to see it, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think we end, I think Zijan suggested you and McGregor for uh, for uh, Dumbledore. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see. Cause, I mean, you McGregor said he's very keen to do a, a standalone Obi Wan film at some point. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. That could could potentially um, be the third standalone film they do in twenty twenty. It's kind of a toss up between that and the Boba Fett movie at the moment. I think. Yeah, we we could see something happen there. Um, see, I, I don't I don't really want to see a Boba Fett. Movie. I know that Boba Fett's a kind of fan favorite, but mm. uh, I must admit, the first first time I watched the trilogy, I barely noticed he was there. He, he doesn't seem to do much. He only has a very he has a relatively minor role, kind of, uh, certainly in yeah. um, in the first two films. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe, yeah, he's become a bit of a kind of a, a cult cult legend, um, much like myself. Um, there are there are indeed. other trailers that came out. Um, for example, Spider Man Homecoming had a trailer. Are you a fan of superhero films at all? Oh, I thought I think I would be, but I just haven't. Um, it's probably just time. I haven't really got the time at the moment to to get up to these things. But um, yeah, I, I, I haven't. I must confess, I've only seen the the kind of the pre, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man films. I haven't actually oh, yeah. caught any of the um, Andrew Garfield uh, reboot ones. So well, um, we're on our we're on our third Spider Man uh, or since. Oh, who's playing him now? Uh, Tom Holland. So, uh, I did know that. Yes, Tom yeah. Holland, not the historian Tom Holland, the um, no. Tom Holland younger actor. Yes, frequently confused on Twitter. I bet. Yes, yes. Lots of historian fans um, must be angry mm. or confused. Yes, I don't have any children, basically, so I don't. I don't have uh, any reasons not to go and watch Spider-Man mm. all the time. So yeah, well, I'm sure, yeah. When, when mine are a bit older, I'm sure they'll be into uh, superhero movies, no doubt. So um, I'm sure I shall be. Get my fillers and then in five years or ten, sure five will. years' time or so. I think the best way to introduce them to the superhero genre is via this podcast. That's that's what I'd recommend. Absolutely. Yes. I can't say they're avid listeners as yet, um, but I could try Samuel. Samuel's <laughs> one, so we could just sort of put him in front of it. Yes, no, fair enough. Yeah. Put them, put them to sleep nicely. Yeah. Um, the, the, the exciting part for, for those of us who get excited by Spider-Man costumes is that he now has his webbed wings back, which I always thought yeah. were really stupid, and I still think they look stupid, because, um, you know, spiders don't have wings. Which is true. He is um, a, a, a mutant spider. That is, that is also true. You can't argue with that. Um, there are some... <laughs> the, let's move on to other trailers. The, the, the Mummy has got a trailer. Did you know that they're making uh, that Universal are making all their horror films again? I did see something about that. So is that as in, and it's got Tom Cruise in it. It's got the great Tom Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Well, what what's the trailer like? Um. Yeah, it's very Tom Cruisey. Um. He he's in a plane. It it crashes. He he jumps out of a body bag. So we're led to believe that he has been come back from the dead. Yeah. He is not himself the mummy. The mummy, in fact, is female. In an okay. exciting twist on the genre. But yeah, Universal have been trying for a while to get these kind of films off the ground. They've done uh, I Frankenstein. Uh, they did 
Dracula Unbound or mm. Untold or Unwatched. Is it, like that. Is, um, is it the same mummy as in the, the Bread and Fraser one, the, like I, the Egyptian one, rather than like a, a separate kind of... Because obviously that's not I really think, a horror movie. Or is it a different The Mummy? It's it's a reboot, so I think they're not in the same universe. Um, okay, yeah. But it is... Yeah, it's going to be on the lighter side of horror, I think. Yeah, it's, so yeah. I don't, it's going to be a 12A. They're going to try and get as many people in as they can. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't watch horror films, but I do watch more or less every film Tom Cruise makes. So this mm. is the uh, the line I have to cross. Very um, good. Blade Runner 2049 has got a teaser. Um, just today, in fact. Mm. Uh, but as as we were discussing off-air, you've never seen, you've never seen Blade Runner, I've, Jeremy. I've not, which is pretty sure. Not, 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 the, not, the, uh, not the best at having watched lots of the classic movies, which is a terrible thing to admit on a, on a podcast about movies. Don't worry. Don't worry, Sijan's um, not seen anything before 1990, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, but uh, yeah, Blade Runner, I'm sure I probably would like it, because like, I like sci-fi, I like Harrison Ford, I like Ridley Scott, so I'm sure I would um, Check it out. like it. So yeah, happily try and watch that someday. Yeah, I, I've, I've only seen it once, and it was good for years ago. Um, it, mm. it all became a little bit kind of standard action movie for me towards the end. Um, I think it's one of those films that probably it, it's had so much influence on the genre of sci-fi and of kind of any futuristic film mm. that you kind of you don't the, the impact's a little bit dulled now because you're used to it all. Yeah. Uh, if you look particularly when it was made, phenomenal. Also, um, some of the shots used were offcuts from The Shining. Little, yeah, right. little movie trivia there for you. The Golden Globe nominations came out, but I think Zijan and I will probably be talking more about um, nominations and stuff mm. in a different episode. Um, not least because I've only seen two of the films that were mentioned because most of them haven't come out in this country yet. <laughs> yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah, because yeah, there's a film called La La Land, which I've I've been wanting to see for about a year. I, I was I was mm. wanting to see it when it was still called Untitled Emma Stone Project. Uh, and I... Yeah, here's the male lead in that as well. I, that's... Um... So uh, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, so I've seen I've seen posters for that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's also the male lead in, uh, in fact, the the lead in uh, the new Blade Runner film. Okay, tight together. Mm, okay. Uh, but yeah, no. Yeah, posters around. Lots of nominations. Good old fashioned musical. It looks great. I can't mm. wait to see it when it comes out in this country next month. Oh, very good. That's all the news uh, I have. Shall we talk Star Wars? Let's. At some point, we'll shout spoilers a bit. Mm. And then I'll mark it in the uh, in the, the timings below, and so people will know to to, to skip that bit if they yep. haven't seen it yet. Very good. Unless they are already angry about the whole Peter Cushing reveal I did. Now I'm I'm a reasonable Star Wars fan. Um, mm-hmm. Force Awakens, I say, was was probably the most excited I've ever been about a film coming out. Mm. So I saw it. I saw it on day of release. Very Surely good. there's no way you can beat that, James. You mean Force Awakens or Rogue One? Uh, Rogue One. Well, actually, as it happens, Colin. Um, I did, in fact, uh, manage to win a, um advanced preview screening last Tuesday. So I, I entered a competition the week beforehand. And, yeah, I got an email last Sunday. Uh, that was on the Sunday before oh, yeah. it came out. Um, on the 11th, saying, oh, you've won two tickets. I was like, oh, fantastic. And I got an email the next day saying, oh, is it the IMAX Waterloo? I was like, that's even better. Amazing. And then, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so me and my wife Beth uh, rocked up on the Tuesday and uh, got our tickets. And I saw that there was a, something happening just before the the, um, the screening and there's lots of cameras around, etc. And it turned out there's actually going to be a special guest. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I expect it'll be kind of 
like, like might be Gareth Edwards, it might be um, or like Warwick Davis or someone who's, who's in yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it'd be someone just someone, a, a well-known person or someone to do the film just introducing it and that'd be great, I mean, that'd be fantastic and then they introduced uh, Gareth Edwards and Kathy Kennedy, I was like Oh wow, that's pretty amazing! And that's then, good, yeah. like, like, and then they just started all coming down. The the entire so Miles Mickelson came down as well, and and followed by the the rest of the um the main cast um, were all there. So um, from Forrest Whitaker to Christy Jones to uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Donnie Yen, Diego Luna, uh, Alan Tudyk. And, oh yeah, um, I think Riz Ahmed. And Riz Ahmed, yeah, yeah. So um. It was just amazing, I, and so they had a quick Q and A session with them. In fact, if you they you can see that online, it was it's, uh, highlights of it have been posted on the um, Star Wars UK Facebook page. Um, you can see me in the front row, uh, four seconds Brilliant. in, um, and it was streamed live uh, to various other cinemas around the country as well. So that I mean, that was a amazing treat. It was a real blessing. That's to a be pretty there good that. experience. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It was surreal being there. Um, My viewing experience was quite similar. Um, I went to see it at eleven twenty in the afternoon or in the morning rather. Uh, and there was just one other person in the screen that I saw it. Um, that, is, that is strikingly similar. That's almost eerie, Colin. I didn't manage that. Yeah, the other fun so, thing that happened there was I said beforehand, the guy, the guy that was kind of emceeing it at the start, he said, oh, I've got a few uh, action figures to give away and just uh, going to throw some questions out there. And he happened to ask which, um, in fact, you might have to see if you know, Colin, which person involved with the film oh, yeah. at the red carpet premiere on on the, the weekend before in, in LA. Uh, wore a Star Wars helmet, uh, Star Wars, a Stormtrooper helmet, um, on the red carpet for and posed for photos. I, I, I don't know that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Gareth Edwards. Well, that was a good guess, and that was in fact the answer. And I, so I shot my hand in the air really quickly, being a, being a fan of oh, quizzes, yeah. and because I was right front center, I was, he's was like, oh, you there? I was like, oh, right, okay, right, Gareth Edwards, and then so I, I've, uh, I'm now the proud owner of a. Um, a proper kind of die-cast metal uh, Death Trooper figurine. Um, so, I, I, am I right that Death Troopers are, are new for this one? They are, yes. Yeah. So, they're basically the, the personal um, guard, essentially, of uh, Director Krennic, who is the, the main bad guy, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, so they're basically sort of stormtroopers with black armour, but they're obviously a bit more kind of elite forces. Um, yeah. As in, they can actually shoot and hit things, rather than stormtroopers who just um, yes. miss... Um, that was obviously one of the great ironies of, of famous line of um, or, um, Alec Guinness as everyone can be in the original Star Wars film saying um, when he sees the sand crawler that's been uh, destroyed he says the blaster marks here are so accurate only stormtroopers have that kind of markmanship which obviously yes. for the rest of the series they don't really demonstrate because they don't really hear anything <laughs> couldn't hit a barn door exactly C- couldn't hit a, a gold android as it wanders in their path indeed yes that's uh Fine. Uh, are, are you a man who, when he has his Star Wars memorabilia, takes it out of the packaging, or, or do you leave it in the packaging for true value? <laughs> I did. I did actually. I did. Uh, I did think I could keep it, but actually, they are basically on general release, and they're only twenty pounds. So right. someone could just <laughs> someone could just buy one and claim they got it at the premiere. I've got I've got no evidence that I actually won it there. So I thought, yes. <laughs> so I might as well get it. Out. So I did get it out. Um, I did have with my um, my my Star Wars microfighter Lego pieces. I did um, used to have them kind of set up made on my shelf but then um having watched the lego movie bring another feature oh, yeah. film uh directed by the directors of the forthcoming han solo film linkage of course um at the end of that um spoiler alert um uh will ferrell basically <laughs> um kind of is the bad guy because he doesn't let his kids uh play with his lego which is basically a guilt trip oh, for right. any dad yes. out there who immediately thinks oh man i've got to let them play with the lego so 
now my my stuff my Star Wars microfibers, which were nicely all made up on the shelf, are in bits or parts of trains or parts oh. of cars, etc. But that's fine because that's that's what it's there for. It's not better to be played with than sat on a shelf. That's a noble sacrifice. Um, I didn't like to mention it too much, although which, just, which follows the example of uh, of Alec Guinness as Obi Wan um, in in an, in being a noble sacrifice. Um, indeed, yeah, because I I have some of these um, like they're called Funko Pop figurine mm, things. Yes, like, I know yeah. I have quite a few of them actually, and I got some Star Wars ones, and yeah, I just ha- I have them all out on the shelf, and I, I see some yeah, people yeah. kind of just kept them in the boxes stacked up, and that's just not fun, is it? It's not. No. You've not really had the benefit. In fact, I've got the the Jin Erso one, and oh, her hair colour is ridiculous. It's kind of it's a, a very very light brown, which is not really what a hair colour in the, in the film. No, it's at all. not. It's much more dark brown, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I guess Spoiler to alert. distinguish from <laughs> <laughs> Jin Erso has dark brown hair. Sorry. Oh man, you've ruined it. Um, okay. What did you think? Fun? Good? Bad? Go go straight straight in for the quick review before we break it down in intricate detail. Very very much a fan. Um, it's like, I mean, I, I do, I do would like to go and uh, see it again. I think seeing it on a normal screen, so a bit further back, I'd be able to take things in a bit more. Yes, the thing yeah, is, with yeah. the IMAX, when you're sat on the front row, you basically have to physically move your head to be able to see the whole screen. Um, so actually... Right. Oh, something's happening in the top right, that kind of thing, yes. Yeah, so to be able to kind of take so like, like the battle sequences and some of the action um, the action scenes in the, a big crowded, like so the, the marketplace, um, it's a, a bit of a battle scene. Yeah. And um, you've got people whizzing across the screen, and when they're moving, like about well, it must be about forty foot across a giant screen, wow. you're quite near yeah. it. Obviously, it's very difficult to to um, keep an eye on what's happening. But no, I, I loved it. I and particularly uh, as many of the reviews have, have borne out, in the, the final third, the, the yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, final act is just fantastic. It's just brilliant action sequences, um, space and land battles. Uh, it's just, uh, and particularly the the la- even in the, the last few moments, the last few minutes of the film are just oh, yeah. spectacular. Without saying what they are as yet, but they are yeah. just brilliant. And for a Star Wars fan as well, they're just amazing. Yeah, I say because I, I I enjoyed it. I think I, I definitely agree. The third act is the strongest because there were there were times, kind of maybe an hour in, where I was thinking this, this is good, but it's um it's jumping around a bit, and I'm not I'm not sure it's quite as good as I was hoping. And I think. Yeah. I definitely want to watch it again as well. Um, I think partly because yeah, because it jumps around a lot, setting things up at the start, mm. and kind of they've got quite a lot of characters. And yeah, that almost all the characters aren't. In fact, all the main characters aren't aren't known by the audience already, unless you. I understand that the uh, the Forest Whitaker character, um, whose name escapes me, Saul Guerrero. Uh, yes, yeah, so Saul Guerrero is, is actually is, and the, he's the first character from. So he's it starts in the animated uh, Clone Wars series. Right. Um, which I've not, I've, I've, I have started watching now. I'm in season one, but he appears okay. in a later season. Um, and yeah, he's the first kind of animated character who started in the kind of the animated series, um, who's then been brought into a live action role, which is yeah, um, that's cool. First yeah. Because again, I don't think you need to know that to enjoy his character. I, mean, I, I saw it somewhere. No, about no. Him. I didn't know anything about him. And in fact, this is, I think this is the first uh, film or first anything that I've seen outside of the, the main film series. So I know that you, mm. I don't know, You've, you've read quite a few of the books, haven't you? And, and kind of watched it. Yeah, well, so it, when I was younger, I was very much into the, some of the extended universe novels, which are all now officially non-canon. Um, but yes. I've, yeah, I, I, mean, I've, I haven't quite finished. I've been reading the um, Catalyst, which was the kind of preview prequel novel to Rogue oh, One, okay. basically kind of setting up uh, the stuff, particularly with the Erso family and how 
kind of Galen Erso and Krennic met and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, just give some of the background there, which is, is fun. I mean, you, you don't need to know that at all for the film. It just adds a bit of um, more depth to our yeah. understanding to their relationship. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But I think because it takes it takes a while to kind of get to know everyone. Once you do know who everyone is, and you kind of you've got to know the characters and, and what they're doing, it, it really picks up. But I, I think mm. necessarily it's it's a bit slow to begin with. But um, yeah, that that ending. Yeah. Um, which will come. Yeah, I, do, I, I found there. I, I found there were times in the first act where I was slightly like, okay, well, come on, like, like yeah, it, it was just kind of. I'm I'm sure on second viewing, I'll probably start to notice some of the stuff that's going on there. And obviously, and there's so yeah. many things in there that. Uh, just, and I think one of the things I've seen in the reviews is that the, the sort of the fan service that's there yeah. um, is not kind of it's not done in a really obvious kind of cheesy way. It's so I think I mean for example in Force Awakens that the line where they talk about the trash compactor on oh, yeah. um, for um, Captain Phasma, I just found that a bit too jarring. Okay. It was a bit too kind of turn to the a bit too kind of turn to the audience and wink at that. I was, I was going to ask you about that because. Um... Because I, I quite like that one, but uh, yeah, th- there were certain bits I recognised. Um, obviously, things. Lo- well, I don't know. We'll come back to some of them spoilers, actually. Yeah, let's come back to all this and spoilers. But uh, my, my main thing, I think, is that if you haven't seen other Star Wars films, you're not going to enjoy this. But you don't necessarily need to have seen other, anything other than the main Star Wars. Like, if you've seen Episode Four, basically, you're go- you're going to be happy. I thought. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think Episode Four is is a, but then. I yeah I'd be really inter- I haven't read anything by anyone who's never seen any of the others, but I'd be fascinated to uh, to hear a kind of review from someone who's never seen a Star Wars film before. Obviously, there are a few people given how yeah. many people ended up seeing Force Awakens last year. Yeah, lots of people who'd never seen Star Wars before saw that because obviously it's a, a huge kind of cultural event, second yeah. highest grossing film of all time globally. So yeah, I'd be interested to know because I, I I'd be interested to almost think how someone. If they watch Rogue One first, then A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's not it's not a spoiler at all to say that obviously they do um, get the Death Star plans. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's in the opening crawl, isn't it, of, a, of Episode 4? Of A New Hope, yeah. So, um, but it would be fascinating to... Because if you hadn't seen A New Hope, you wouldn't actually know that they did get the plans. No, so no. just that, ten- that tension of them trying to get them would just be that much greater. You'd be like, oh my goodness, are they actually going to yes. do this? Yeah, is yeah, it going yeah. to work? So you would get that. Um, but obviously, there's so much kind of so many details that you'd sort of see and appreciate um, having seen the other films as well. So um, yeah, I, I think there's always a question in there with Star Wars fans of the correct order to watch the films in. Mm, yes, and uh, I'm a subscriber to what's sometimes called the the machete order of machete uh, order. Yes, yeah, four, five, two, three, six, seven. I guess. Yeah. Uh, after that. I and interesting way, yeah, yeah. Leave that one. I reckon this would would slot in nicely after three on that basis. Hmm. I don't think it would spoil anything in six. Uh, I could be wrong. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I think you could almost there would be a case to be made for to putting it at the start of that order as well. If you were going to say, I'm actually going to definitely sit down and watch them all, and I've never seen them before, to say because that would set you up so well into wrote into a new hope. Um, it does. Uh, that's true. That's true. But you wouldn't really know who Darth Vader is. So well, that would be. Yeah. Although, although... But, then, but then that'd be an amazing reveal to actually, because you'd you'd have no idea who this kind of scary dark villain is, and then as time yeah. goes on, you get a bit more in a new hope, and then obviously then the big reveal in Empire. And you'd think, how on earth is how on earth is Peter Cushing Peter Cushing still alive in 1977 when he was in this? Film? Yeah, yeah. This is you've done again. Never mind. Um, it's remarkable. I'll just, I'll just keep saying it until uh, yeah. Um, Peter Cushing. 
the greatest actor named after a cushion uh, I've ever seen. The let's, yeah. let's talk. Let's talk about the cast. Um, so obviously the uh, lead uh, star Felicity Jones, who uh, I have to mention because I, I think I've only mentioned it three or four times on this podcast and pretty much every day mm. in real life. I spotted when she was in the ITV um, adaptation of Northanger Abbey and said she's going to be huge. Yeah. Very good. I well think done. I've kind of built up in my mind how much I said that. I probably just said, oh, she was pretty good. But in, in my mind now, yeah. I've said that she was going to be a future star. So uh, You predicted you said, I think she's going to be in a Star Wars film one day. That's what I said. I just got a feeling. <laughs> before Disney bought Lucasfilm and, and started Years before, to make yeah. more films. I've got a good feeling about this, is what I said. Um, Very good. Thank you. Done there. Yeah, and I've, so, so I've seen, um, I have seen um, Theory of Everything, sort of earlier this year. Uh, yeah, she was oh, really yeah, doing yeah. that. Oscar nominated. She's also a um, mm. long term, well, not a long term, but she used to voice a character in The Archers. Apparently. Right. There you go. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought she was fantastic in this. Um, did a really good job as holding it all together. Have a action star for the first time, but also kind of brought more emotion. I'd say this is possibly the most emotional Star Wars film I can, in terms of only a couple of uh, her scenes that, that I won't spoil mm. now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, she brought, I think. Arguably, she's one one of the better actors to have been a lead in this thing because much though, yeah, I like Mark Hamill and, and, and Daisy Ridley and Hayden Christensen, I guess. Um, I, mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think not so much. None of them yeah. are like kind of. I mean, well, none of them have had an Oscar nomination, unlike Felicity Jones. So she could be the no. the highest caliber of actor to have, have played a lead. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think she, yeah, she's a it's a it's always a very different kind of role. Uh, to Luke, um, it's. I was listening to something the other day. That, I mean, that she's almost got more kind of hints of, of Han about her in terms of the kind of the um, kind of very stubborn and uh, yeah, stubborn and, and kind of like off on the wrong side of the law, that kind of thing. She's not yeah, kind yeah. of she's not kind of wide eyed, idealistic person who kind of leaves home on a magical. You know, obviously, the, the classical hero's journey, Joseph Campbell yeah, kind of yeah. mythology of. The hero's journey that runs through so much of the Star Wars um, films. Obviously, that's not her story because she's had a very uh, sad upbringing, difficult upbringing, and um, she's kind of suddenly thrust into this situation where she doesn't really necessarily choose this. It slightly chooses her. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of kind of grows into it. But as far as I'm aware, she's never done a, any kind of action role before. I've, I've seen quite a lot of her films and. I guess the, the closest it came to was Chalet Girl, where she played a snowboarder. Um, yes, yeah, no, I, I must, yeah, um, I, I must say it was on on um, my wife's recommendation that we watched it, but oh, we did yeah. watch that last year. We had um, we had a subscription to, I don't know, it was Now TV or or something like that, and we, oh, we yeah. um yeah we happened to watch it. Yeah, you're right. I'd completely forgotten that. But yes, she she's the um kind of the main character in there, isn't she? She is, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she actually handled that handled that well. So I think yeah, she, she was the, the standout uh, for me. Although I was also, uh, I think a, a lot of the reviews um, have have complimented Alan Tudyk on his on his performances. Oh yeah, no, I think yeah, K2SO, I think he's fantastic. He's just yeah, brilliant. Uh, he kind of obviously brings brings the humour to the film as well, a bit of yeah. a sort of dark humour, um, sort of sarcastic, sarcastic droid role. Yes, because when you do that, you've got to be very careful not to just redo C three PO. And I think he, mm. I think he managed that. Yeah, no, I thought it was very, very good. I think it was very well done. Um, Alan Tudyk, obviously, who also stars in the film Dodgeball, as uh, Steve the Pirate. Steve the Pirate, of course he does. Steve yes. the pirate. What, kind of name, what kind of pirate name is Steve, anyway? Um, yes, <laughs> he's also um, that's uh, the only other thing I know of him being in. But um, Never seen Firefly. I 
I've not actually seen Firefly. No, it's beloved of you've got, to, you've got to watch Firefly. You've got to watch Firefly. It's so good. The one se- one season. One season, and it was yeah. cancelled. Um, no, yeah. It's a w- wonderful TV series. He's one of the main cast in that. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, sci-fi. In fact, it's particularly the pilot, um, the, the lead in that, is, seems like there's a lot of inspiration from uh, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, and it is a very mm. kind of space western. Anyway, if you take nothing away from, from this, apart from apart from that, watch Firefly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the rest of the cast, so Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, I thought he was solid. Yeah, I thought he was very good. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. I think, obviously, I mean, it's, um, yeah, what, what, when are we going spoiler free? <laughs> so, um, so I think, uh, no, just say, in general terms, yeah, he was, he was very good. I think he yeah. was excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, as an actor, just in some of the interviews I've seen, he just seems like a genuinely really nice guy. Right. He's just yeah, really yeah. excited about his, his kids get to watch the film and he's in it and it kind of just, um, yeah, it seems like a genuine um, kind of like Star Wars fan as well. He, he kind of yeah. grew up loving. It. I think that's one of the interesting things about making Star Wars films now is that those who are involved in making them, both the actors and the directors and, and all those involved, are those who have grown up loving the the series. And, yeah. and but also, I think obviously they do. They're keeping professional distance from it, so they're not kind of. It's not. I think it's a, that it's a really positive thing. I think the way that's worked out and that people really care about it. They're they're not going to um, run roughshod over things and have continuity. Yeah. Errors. I think particularly the director. Yeah. The directors involved, your your, your Garth Edwards, your mm. your JJ Abrams, they're, they're the ones yeah. who kind of really want to keep that flame alive, aren't they? They're not just doing it for for a buck. Gareth, Gareth Edwards said he used to go every morning. We'd get up before breakfast, probably went to school, um, or over breakfast before we went to school. He'd sit and watch the first fifteen minutes of New Hope wow. VHS every morning, uh, and like obviously that's all the all the time he had to watch, and then to have to go to school, and then the next morning he would do it again. Okay. Um, Obviously, didn't have DVDs in those days to be able to skip to the next scene. <laughs> um, I'm sure he did get to watch the whole thing eventually. He really um, knows that bit where they walk across the sand for a long time. He's, absolutely, he's, yeah. yeah. There didn't appear to be continuity. Yeah, there didn't appear to be any continuity issues. Because you do get some franchises, particularly when they're kind of jumping around sequels and prequels and all that. Where they this does fit neatly into that timeline without. I don't. Well, I don't think it disrupts anything. Uh, maybe I just don't know the films well enough. Um, we should go. We should go spoilers soon. I'll just say uh, of of the cast. I think. Yeah, Donny Donny Yen and Yang Wen, Yang Wen as as a Tuat Imwei and Baze Malbus, Baze Malbus, Baze Malbus. Yeah, yeah. They had less to do, I thought. Mm, I thought I really liked Donny Yen. I think I think Donny Yen was always going to look like. I, mean, I I know he's a, a massive star on his own. Well, they both are massive stars yeah, in their own right. Yeah. Um, I thought in the same the trailers, kind of Donny Yen just came 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 across as a, a bit of an awesome character. I think that I mean, the particular bit in the trailer where he kind of takes out loads of stormtroopers yeah. um, in one go and then bathes and sort of shoots the rest of them that turn up. I think that was a, that was a good scene, yeah. A, yeah, brilliant scene from the trailers. Um, which does make it through to the, the final film. So that's another thing about, I'm sure we can talk about in a bit, about um, bits from the trailers that didn't make yeah. it into the final cut, um, which was quite interesting to see. Let's, let's, um, let's, jump, let's jump to spoilers right now. Let's, let's go spoilers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Warning, spoilers ahead. Right. Take care. So usually when I when I'm joking about about spoiling a film, I say, "Wasn't it weird how they all died at the end?" That that doesn't really work for this film. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, even more like, isn't it weird how they didn't all die at the end? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, yeah well, I think, and that wasn't really surprising. I think that was. Um, I think the way they did it, though, was very good. I, th- I think each of them did, to an extent, get the kind of a, a send off. I think the only person. That didn't get so much. I mean, Riz Ahmed's yeah. uh, partly just because there's so much going on in that final battle sequence. I'd have to look it back through yeah. again to kind of identify exactly what. Cause I think that's when there's a grenade thrown into the 
the um, ship, isn't it? That's it right. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the fact we didn't really talk about Riz Ahmed, did we? But because um, the fact that Riz Ahmed, I saw an interview with him. It seemed like he wasn't really a Star Wars fan. He was you know, saying uh, what he hadn't been previously, but um, which. Which is fine. Yeah, I think so. You've got to accept that. And so Felicity Jones, it's interesting. So she was asked kind of what was her favourite bit of Star Wars when she was growing up. And you could tell that she like, she'd seen Star Wars growing up. She wasn't like a major fan. She sort of answered, oh, a bit of Darth Vader, Um, which is fine. But they shouldn't have to pretend they're massive super fans all their lives. Yeah, because you do get that sometimes, don't you? Where you get kind of Scarlett Johansson pretending she always loved reading Avengers comics and like, no one's falling for this. There's not not a chance you... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, they are, at the end of the day, they're there to, do, to act and do it. Yeah. And she does a fantastic job as, as Jin. Yeah, but I think, yeah, so I was saying about the, the death scene, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, particularly, I mean, so Jin and Cassian, I think that was, yeah, I think it was very well done. I think it was kind of, you, you kind of got that sense of, that they'd done what they yeah, could. Yeah. They'd done all they could. They succeeded in their mission as far as they were able to. And then they just said, yeah. No, you're right. I, I mean, I was a bit confused in that scene about how they'd got that far away from the, the centre of the the explosion, as it were. Well, that's the thing. I don't, from what I remember, I know someone did say about it was a nice irony. I saw someone say the other day about oh, it was interesting that Krennic basically got hit by the blast. I don't think... I, I'm pretty sure the blast was well away from right, the, um, okay. the base. I think it was in the sea... Uh, um, okay. Quite a way away. That, that um, makes I'm sense. not sure the Death Star yeah. has quite that much exact aim. Pinpoint accuracy, yes. Yeah. Although they did manage to hit Jeddah City, so because that's one of the interesting things from the trailers. If you remember from the trailers, we got um, clips of um, Jin and Cassian kind of running out from the base, carrying okay. the actual kind of tapes with the Death Star. Yes, I do uh, remember that shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a bit where they're running along. I mean, you realise it's, it's it was filmed in Canary Wharf. Yes, I had those bits yeah, where um, Canary Wharf Station. It was fantastic. Um, apparently, they just came in overnight one night and just got it all set up and then filmed it at like five six a.m. Um, before, oh, wow. Well, it must have must have or maybe it must have been earlier than that. Um, must have been. Or they, or they closed it for a bit. I don't know. Yeah, and then them kind of running out into the sand and sort of dodging out of the way of the ATACTs firing. But obviously, in the in the actual final cut that doesn't happen also yeah. the other bit is the um the bit where Jin is going along the platform and the tie fighter kind of pops up right in front of her oh of course yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah that that they they clearly had the same kind of top landing platform yeah. section um but they just didn't have the tie fighter she gets shot at by what is a tie striker right which is different to the tie fighter and um, those are the kind of ones with sort of Flatter wings. See, this is where I'm lost, but I'll tell you a word for it. Yep. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so that's a new, that's a new, uh, new um, uh, fighter for Rogue One. Because there were a lot of reshoots, weren't there, for for this film? And yeah, and that's one of being one of the big stories about it over the last sort of several months about kind of what was involved in the reshoots. And so they clearly did. I, I think my understanding is that one of the big additions was the whole bit with um, Body Rex, so um, Riz Ahmed's character trying to get the. Um, cable plugged in, right, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm sure was something we've all experienced at various times trying to set up computers <laughs> yep. in new places, trying to get trying to get an Ethernet connection in, etc. Just got a Wilco's. Um, is, it, was there, is there a Wilco's in the Star Wars universe? Is there? I'm not aware of it. Um, it it's not not, yeah, not on Scarif anyway. Yes. That whole section felt a bit kind of it felt a bit computer gamey to me. Kind of a here's the next thing you need to do to complete the mission type. Yeah, thing. yeah, the, and uh, that's actually one interesting another interesting thing that. I've read people say is that uh, it is almost like a computer game. It's it's kind of and not necessarily a bad way. It's no. there are there are like you could say there's some ways it's a bad way, but um, I think it's I think it's fine as long as it's not too kind of both. You're so in close to the action that you're kind yeah. of almost part of it. I think that's and that's very much kind of Gareth Oberts' hallmark in his directing is oh, yeah. to 
to be very inclusive. I, mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Godzilla or I think Monsters Godzilla and, um, first. Monsters, yeah, that's right. Monsters, yeah. yeah. So I haven't seen any of those, but uh, I, uh, I understand either, that's very much his style. Um, so uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, lo- I love X Wings. I think X Wings okay. are really cool. So just the, all the the X Wing fight again. That's something I'd love to go back and watch. I don't think I even took in all the stuff that was going on there. Yeah, yeah. So I think Riz Ahmed was. I, I think he's um, he was really good in a film called Nightcrawler uh, a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, so I, was, I thought I th- again. I thought he was. I think that everyone was was at least good. I felt he could have had a bit mm. more to do in this one, but um but it was good to have yeah, that. I think, I think his role was actually expanded quite a bit in the reshoots. I think they thought he didn't have much. Yeah. And so they gave him some more, particularly the stuff on Scarif of of yeah. kind of getting a connection together. But yeah, even then And I was glad they did because I think he, he would have been because yeah. when that came up I think I was it's good to see a bit more of him because he is a very good actor. Hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting. So obviously earlier on he's kind of this weird, creepy monster thing at Saw Guerrero's place kind of tries to yeah. suck out his memory which is a bit of a weird bit and he kind of sort of loses his mind a bit and, and yeah but he seems to recover from that by the time they get to later in the film yeah because yes he just so, someone told him his job title and he was oh yeah that's me i'm fine we're good yeah, yeah. oh yeah that's how i am yes um it's funny one of the um yeah. one of the interviews i think it was uh donnie yen who uh who gave away in an interview that his character dies um and mm. he felt a bit silly afterwards but um i as I say, I wasn't surprised when everyone died, but I kind of, mm. I didn't necessarily know it was going to happen. I mean, partly you can think, well, none of these people appear in episode four, therefore yeah, they're yeah. probably going to die. But it was still had it had the yeah. emotional impact, didn't it? And as you say, that last scene with the uh, with Cassian and Jin on the beach, mm. I, I was so glad they didn't kiss because I, I, there was there was no kind. Of, well, they kind of hinted at a romantic thing, but that wasn't really the point. Yeah, and I didn't want to. I think, to think it was, I think you're right. I think that would have been unnecessary. I think it just should have been a bit kind of cheesy yeah, yeah. and actually does this like like because that's clearly kind of a yeah it's really a kind of a romantic they're definitely undertones weren't they yeah thing going on there but it was kind of also a a, a bondedness of of the mission that they've been on and just all they've just been through together yeah. and just yeah the incredible feat they just done they've got into this incredibly high security imperial installation yeah. stolen the plans to the death star she's basically kind of fulfilled what her father had kind of commissioned her to do to, to yeah. basically yeah to saw Guerrero's final words, save the rebellion, save the dream. Yeah. She's she's done that. Um, so we didn't. Um, yeah, we haven't talked much about Mads Mikkelsen as, as Galen Erso. Mm. Another strong performance, I thought. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting having having read um, most of Catalyst, the, the, the kind of novel before that helped kind of to flesh out some of the stuff around his character as well. Okay. Just kind of imperial genius, just genius who kind of who was a pacifist and. Krennic basically tries for a very, very long time to persuade him to, tries to get him involved, but kind of tricks him into getting involved, thinking it's to do with kind of energy production when it's secretly about the Death Star. And then when he finds out it's going to be, his kind of research is going to be militarised, that's when he leaves. Right. Which actually in itself kind of helps deal with a, what had been a bit of a plot hole I, in Star I was going to say, for years people have been saying, why on earth would you leave that one place that destroys the entire Death Star? Well, there's two. Well, there's two. Yes, there's two, well, two plot holes okay. actually. Yeah, because there's that one. So basically, the fact that yeah, one hit from a proton torpedo through the exhaust port can yeah. blow up. What is? I mean, you saw that. And that's another thing. Gareth Edwards does really well in scale. Uh, yeah. The scale of the size of the Death Star compared to those Star Destroyers. When you see that at the start, yeah, yeah. it is gigantic. I mean, it was supposed to be crewed by up to two million people. Apparently, and that's what they say. Okay. Um, not that there, there weren't that many people on there at the time, but yeah, yeah. it was absolutely huge. And so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously, if the fact that he's kind of 
deliberately left that vulnerability yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the second plot hole? And so, well, the second one is basically why it took so long to build. So ah, yes, I think at the end yeah, of episode yeah. three, you have um, Palpatine, Vader and Tarkin um, stood on the bridge of the death of the star destroyer looking at the construction of the death star and it's kind of it's almost, it's it's almost there isn't form, it yeah. but it's getting there and that's 19 18 years 19 yeah, 1920 years previously yeah, yeah. um to, to to events of a new hope so why does it take so long because obviously we know they get the plans from the geonosians um this is yeah let's not go into too okay. much uh, star wars <laughs> lore detail there but um essentially they got the plans um and started making it, but essentially there was a massive delay for, for several years because they couldn't get the weapon to work, yeah. and they couldn't and that was because... kind of get the suit plays right. And actually, that was gaining their these thing. And I think because because it was as I was watching, I was thinking, oh, they've they've done that to solve that plot hole. But it, it was done in a very believable way. I think if if you, if you didn't know it was to plug a gap, basically, you, you'd still perfectly accept it. Yeah, no, I think they did it, did it very well. I, th- I thought, yeah, he was a great performance. I think that yeah, that kind of tension of of him wanting to do the right, kind of doing what he did, and, and obviously that yeah, it's an incredibly mm-hmm. emotional moment with the the hologram when Jin sees that and realizes that. That he hasn't um, that's what, kind of betrayed. That's what I was talking about, the um, yeah. kind of more emotion in this film. I kind of wanted to cover it in spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah I mean, this, just panned in on Felicity Jones's face, and she's so good in that scene and just responding mm. to a hologram. Um, that was that was really good. And, and later, when, when he dies and she's with, with him, um, another great performance from her there. Yeah, and, and all this, I mean, because that's one of the things we kind of we know he's we're not surprised that he dies, no, but the fact that we kind of you're suddenly thinking, is is Cassian going to be the one that kills him? There's a real, there's a real tension yeah, there. In yeah. a film where people, that's one of the concerns people have had of: would there be enough tension? Would we, would we have that kind of on your edge, on the edge of your seat kind of moments? Yeah. But actually, that bit there is that because you think is Cassian actually going to be the one that kills Galen? Is he then going to not tell her? Yeah. As it is, obviously, he doesn't end up going through, and it's actually ironically the kind of the explosions from the X wings. I think that do do kill him in the end, unless yeah. it was one of the stormtroopers firing. Yeah, so that's yeah, that was a really um, yeah. I thought it was, we didn't get loads of him. Um, but no, what he what, what he did was but he was very was good. Fine. Yeah, and the only person we've not really talked much about was uh, Ben Mendelsohn as as Orson Krennic, mm. um, kind of in your, your classic. Oh, he's not in. I think he's New Zealand. New Zealand, though, is he Ben Mendelsohn? Maybe Australian. Australian. But, um, Australian. Yeah. Australian, but playing the classic Star Wars English baddie. Um, again, he did it very well. He probably. Um, wasn't hugely different to what we might have seen before from Donald Gleeson in Force Awakens or Peter Cushing, but I guess more of a, the kind of the ambition that Darth Vader talks about and maybe insecurity that you don't see from mm. Peter Cushing's character. Yeah, there's there's definitely that to him. I think it's really an interesting dynamic because he's clearly so power hungry mm. and yet is so kind of desperate not to lose control yeah, of this project yeah. that he's overseeing because he's so ambitious and yet Tarkin basically has outmaneuvered him. Um, yeah, there's obviously that irony that he ends up being killed by the Death Star um, yes. on Scarif, so that that's that was a very well, very yeah. well done that bit. Um, I think I think he's very good. I think he's his um, his ambition. You can see kind of when he goes to see Vader at the at Vader's yes, castle yeah. that he um, he is so desperate for Vader to kind of report back to the Emperor that it was him that. And speaking of uh, right, speaking so. of Vader, uh, I think. Mm. One of my favorite scenes in this film, and I, I'm going to say you, you might be able to correct me, but well, it's a matter of opinion, I guess. But I think possibly the, the best Darth Vader scene we've ever seen, apart from maybe the "I'm your father" bit, was was uh, mm. his bit with his lightsaber going down the corridor, just yeah. destroying everyone. And in, in Episode Four, you see Darth Vader, and it's 
I think if you watch it as an adult, he just doesn't look that scary as he walks down the hall. No. Corridor. I think as a kid, I can get why you'd be terrified by that. And then he's a great character. But you kind of see him the, the entire, all these rebels trying to fight him off and he's just kind of mm. casting them aside it's like they're not there. Epic. I mean, that was my favourite bit of the film. I thought that was incredible. I think because it's the only point at which you really see kind of, apart from his kind of false choke on... Yeah. Krennic at his castle. That you, it's the only time you really see the only bit of lightsaber you see in the film. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, and because you know that they're desperately trying to get his, the doors part open, the guy's desperately trying to get the yeah. memory card through. It just, and even, it is yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Because he, he just, he, yeah, he, he absolutely brutalizes yeah. them. Like he, it's, it is proper kind of Vader at his most powerful, and that's that's what we've always known that he could do. Because this we've is seen, what people are scared of Vader. This is what he's about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. So I think I, I do agree. It's probably right up there with the best Vader scenes of her. Certainly, it's the most um, powerful we've ever seen yeah, him. Yeah, because yeah, I think he's just he's. He, uh, if you think about the fights, the battle scenes, he's sort of sort of involved in even like what is only a ma- in the film universe only a very short time after this scene. Yeah, when he goes onto the the, the um, blockade run of the Tantive Four, um, when he catches up with them at the start of New Hope. The battle scene all happens, and then he walks in, yeah. and then if the assault on Hoth in in Empire Strikes Back, the battle all happens, and then he turns up yeah. when they're just escaping. So, but this is him kind of saying, "Yeah, everyone else is useless. I'll yeah. do it myself." Yeah. We see Jedi versus regular folk. I guess it's a bit like um, yeah, when Anakin slaughters the Sand People or this kind of thing. But uh, you kind of actually see yeah, yeah, but, but the, yeah, these people are fighting back. But yeah, no, it, it, so that's been and just the the tension, the drama in that section was amazing. Yeah. I think because he has so much tension in the run up of are they actually going to get the plans off the planet and then yeah. for him to turn the way. I mean, even the way that his star destroyer comes out of hyperspace just appears and then all the other yes. the rebel yeah, ships yeah. just kind of crash into it. As I mean, that was just fantastic. And yes. then obviously. Then getting it through, and then getting onto the thi- onto the rocket runner, and then blasting off, and then obviously see then then um, see Leia at the end. Yes, um, and that was off. I because I, I left with a big smile on my face there when you saw Carrie Fisher because um, I, I I hadn't I hadn't been expecting that even though they had brought back Peter Cushing. Um, yeah, I knew I knew that there was I I, I think I'd heard something or seen something okay. that there was a, a, the, a, a an action figure for Leia had been kind of put on a list uh, somewhere. Right. So, but I didn't know. I thought they had a different actress playing her. I'd seen something about an actress playing her, not that it was going to be CGI. I mean, I, that's an interesting point there. Obviously, yeah, the, the, so the two different kind of CGI characters brought back. Yeah. Um, I thought because so, so Beth, my wife, she didn't realize that she would she wouldn't have known it was next to Peter Cushing, but she didn't realize that was CGI. I, that's how well it was done. I was wondering that because I was looking at, and I knew it was. So I kind of I was spotting the flaws, thinking, "Oh, the eyes mm. aren't quite right, or the, or the movements not quite." I, he did feel. Like he moved a bit joltedly, and maybe and that's I guess because I knew it was CGI. I was looking for gaps. So, yeah, but it's also, it was a real actor. Yeah, as well. It's it basically it's almost like so. That's one of the things with with KTSO the droid. Like that was all CGI as well in terms of Alan Tudyk was there with a a, a head above his head, but like in right. costume with a with motion capture suit. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. So it was actually Guy Henry, I believe, was the actor who's a star work. of Holby City. Good work. Wow. Um, it's like like the classic Star Wars. Uh, like Star Wars fan favorite uh, Jar Jar Binks. That was a similarly. Yeah, less about that the better. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that one really worked really well, and it was very convincing. I think the layer one was very. I think it wasn't as it was more obviously CGI. You thought so, did you? Uh, but I'd have okay. to. I'd be, you get such a brief glimpse that 
you kind of I'd have to watch it again. I didn't think I mean you saw an IMAX didn't you? Yeah, so yeah, a giant screen, and I was only about ten feet away from it. So if right. I if I was seeing it normally in a smaller screen further back, I'm sure yeah. I, it wouldn't have been so noticeable. Yeah. It's just from where yeah. I watched it, regular screen, halfway back. Just one of the guy there. Uh, that was not really relevant. Uh, I thought it looked brilliant. Kind of looked, looked perfect. So obviously we we got a very brief glimpse of R two D two and C three PO. Yeah. What did you think of that? Um, Do you think it was well done? I've written down. Also enjoyed R two D two and C three PO, although a bit pandering to fans. I think that that was a that was a little bit. Hey, look, we've got these guys. Yeah. That was that that was probably the one bit of fan service that didn't quite work. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. But I think it was a bit more obvious. And it was yeah. kind of obviously because they. What would have made more sense in my mind is because obviously they are theoretically. I mean, they are on the ship yeah. at the end, the Tentative Four. They must be on there because yeah. it's immediately in, in sort of the next scene, which is the first scene of, of Episode Four. They're there yeah, with yeah. Princess Leia, so they must have been on the, on the ship. So it would have made. But then I suppose if they'd had them at the end, there it would have been distracting from. Yeah, all I, think, the I think it came at the right time. So, I think so. I, yeah, I definitely I think you got a point there. And in fairness, we could have had them just in the should... background. Yeah, but but at least they they were supposed to be there. It's not crazy. It, the am I right in thinking the um the uh, my friend doesn't like you guy? Did he turn up? Yeah, very good. Yeah, so in the in the marketplace on Jeddah, um, yeah, one of them is called Doctor something. Or other. I can't remember the names, but yeah, so they obviously bump into um into Cassian as he's going through yeah. the uh, so that the marketplace in Jeddah. Obviously, they're in the the cantina on Mos Eisley Cantina in episode four. I I I kind of like that. And they they say to him, "Oh, we don't want any trouble, don't they?" Which is the same line that um, that everyone uses. But I did think so. To me, that was I, I'm torn. I kind of like it, but because I recognised it, I'm like, "Hey, look at me! I do know Star Wars." On the other hand, there's no reason for them to be there, is there? Is that not just too much of a well, constant? Perhaps, but it's also there's no reason for them not to be there. I suppose. I mean, we're talking what is happening here is probably a couple of weeks before. Obviously, they would have. Well, I suppose they would have had to have left Jeddah pretty soon. After that happened, it got, because got blown up, sure. yeah. not survived. So yeah, you could say they're on their way, and they happen to go straight from there to, yes. to Tatooine. I'm torn as to whether that was a bit cheeky or that's, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it was okay. And I think I mean the other. I mean, I don't know if um, cause you put it, so Star Wars Rebels is the the current kind of ongoing um, animated series. Oh, yeah. So there are a few kind of uh, cameos from there. Um, so the, the Ghost, which is the main ship. Um, in, oh, yeah. in Rebels, um, is you can see that in the Battle of Scarif. Okay, and there's a you, so John Chopper, who's the droid, um, who I didn't spot. It's been I've seen it in subsequent articles about it, but I didn't spot it at the time, so I have to keep an eye out next time round. But you see him at Yavin Four base. Okay, so there's a couple of um, cameos yeah. there. But yeah, I think. Well, what, well, yeah, one of the things we haven't mentioned is in the actual battle scene on Scarif is that they actually repurposed footage of Red Leader and Gold Leader. Okay. The leaders of the X-wing and Y-wing squadrons. I, footage from. I saw that, and I did wonder. Episode yeah. four, and use that, and it was, I think it was unused footage because I saw right. it just, just today. I was yeah. reading an article saying Gareth Edwards just happened to come across it when he was yeah, working. Yeah, because when I was um, watching that, that was one of the bits I I thought that's definitely that's definitely one for the fans, and I I don't know Star Wars well enough to to know that they've definitely done that. But I, I like that. I think it's one of those things that. Yeah, if it didn't look bad, if if you didn't know, it doesn't detract from it. Um, exactly. But for those yeah, yeah, who yeah. do know, it's like it does add. So that's what that's what sort of that sort of fan service should be. It's it's kind of a, a little nod that you think that so it pleases those yeah. who kind of do know about it, but it doesn't jar or look distracting to those who just it just kind of passes them by. Yeah, I I, I agree entirely because you do get sometimes. As I was just well, 
I think you need to have watched episode four to understand what's going on. But but it's, it's not, and it's one of those things that yeah, it helps people like you who know more than I do about this stuff. You think, oh yeah, these guys making this really love this franchise, but it doesn't doesn't ruin anything. Okay, I think um, I've got nothing more on my list to talk about. So I think we we both agree. We ZJ and I tend to agree on this thing. It makes it very dull, but um, we both enjoyed it a lot. Uh, want to see it again? Yeah, I I think it, I, I I do really do need to see it again, and I think it, it's definitely going to be up there with my, one of my favourite Star Wars films. It's it's is a very good film. It it manages to uh, there, yeah, there, it's not it's not completely perfect. Like I said, as you said, some of the bits at the start do move a bit slowly yeah. at times, maybe, but actually, but also on the other hand, you also want a bit more character development for some of the characters. So it's it's kind of a bit of both. Um, but I'm very interested to see what kind of when the DVD comes out, what kind of deleted scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. you might see on there because that's always interesting to see. And some of the bits that weren't um, weren't included. But I think what I think probably what it does best is it, it feels very Star Warsy, but mm. but it's totally quite different to any of the previous films. Yeah. It's kind of it's a low yeah. level, but like kind of your ragtag crew of rebels, which is kind of a bit of a cliche. But it, it's it's not kind of yeah. a, although what they're doing is very important. It's not kind of a massive space opera across all, all the time. It's kind of it's a small low level thing, but it it still feels part of that, that universe. Yeah, and I just thought the one thing I just thought sort of that I hadn't mentioned is, is the soundtrack, is the score and soundtrack. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Star Wars. Fan. Um, there's um, I've been listening to another another podcast series um, um, called Star Wars Oxygen, which is um, a fantastic overview oh, yeah. of the. Um, obviously, not as good as as your podcast. Oh. If you listen to one podcast, <laughs> listen to um, see to the movies. If you listen to another one. Uh, check out Star Wars Oxygen because it basically goes through the music of the Star Wars films, and it is John. Williams, I mean, John Williams is an absolute legend. He is probably the greatest film composer of all time. The sheer breadth true. of the different films he's he's yeah. done. Um, but but yeah, so Michael Giacchino who came in. Um, he um, has done a fun. Yeah, just it, it, it's it's Star Wars. It sounds like a Star Wars soundtrack, and yet it is very different. So it it only uses the kind of classic Star Wars themes quite sparingly. Yeah, you, you uh, get so the you get a bit of the Imperial March, yeah. you've got a bit of the Force theme, the Rebel fanfare, um, but not. It doesn't rely on that. Yeah, he uses his own themes as, as well. So it's again, it's a similar kind of thing. It's it's a good Star Wars thing. It's a Star Wars film. It's a Star Wars soundtrack, and yet it's a different twist on it. Right. Let's move to the quiz. So um, regular listeners will know that Zijan and I uh, do five question quiz uh, for each other. I've I've got five questions. You've got five questions, James. Um, usually we record who's won. Um, I don't think it's fair to have you standing in for Zijan because you're clearly going to beat me. Um, so this is just a, a, a one-off separate uh, thing. I should tell you, though, um, I cheated a little bit in as much as oh. I googled impossibly difficult Star Wars quiz, uh, which had... 20 questions that are multiple choice. I did the quiz and got 8 out of 20 um, on multiple choice. Oh. I'm going to give you 5 out. questions. Yeah. I'm going to give you 5 questions from it without any choices. Ooh, that sounds um, good. On, yeah. on which I got one right myself. As as you know Colin, I do like a good quiz as as you do, do you. So, we yeah, why don't you why don't you hit me with one first? Okay, this is the this is the only one I got right from these 5. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the name of the giant space slug the Millennium Falcon narrowly escapes? Oh. Uh, I, all I could think of was the Sarlacc, and obviously that's the one in the beast, the the pit on and yeah. the Jedi. Uh, I, I can't think of it off, off the top of my head. What is it? No, it's the Exogorth. I would not have got that. Did, did you I say you I'm got not... that one right? I did, but it was, I would say it was multiple choice. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> that's the right. yeah, 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 no, I did not know that actually. Yeah, very good. 
Yeah, I think I say I did cheat a little. Okay, hit me, with, hit, hit me with yours, James. So this is much easier. What's the name of the actor playing Han Solo in the forthcoming Han Solo spin-off movie? Uh, that's uh, that's the great Alden Ehrenreich. He is a, a, a favourite of this show because Zito and I have both struggled to pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, yeah. which is exciting. Yeah, so yeah, so that's obviously the the next spin-off coming up in um, in two years' time. Only two, yeah, two yeah. years' time now. Yeah, so yeah, that, that'll be interesting because I think again that's going to be a very different kind of film. It's going to be more more of a comedy. Um, yeah, it's going to have some different kind of elements to it. Obviously, you've got re- an actual recasted character, um, yeah. which obviously have done for Obi Wan in the past. But yeah, it's be interesting to see how how that is. But, um, I, 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 it's kind of one that I hope that I hope there aren't too many nods to the to Episode Four because uh, he's just a smuggler. There's no reason he should yeah. be, ever have been caught up in the bigger issues. Of no, the no. I think the only things they'll have in that I think they'll have the way that the kind of game of Sarlacc, which is the card game. That um, he oh, played yeah. with Lando when he won the Millennium Falcon, and oh, I think okay. they'll have the Kessel Run because it's such a thing. In he did this, oh, this Kessel Run in in twelve parsecs. Twelve parsecs, of course. Do you, what, what is, uh, this is a bonus question, Colin. What is a parsec? In reality or in Star Wars? Uh, either. Well, I, I don't. The same. Well, it's not. I think a parsec is a, a measurement of distance in, in yes, reality. It is. So a parsec is the amount of distance you travel at the speed of light um, okay. in one second. So one one light second is it? Is yes, that... essentially, yeah, I think so. That I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's that. So that's the th- that's the thing about the twelve parsecs thing is basically. You did it in twelve. It's seconds, essentially it, you could say the Kessel Run. Are basically, if it's a kind of a a way of taking a shortcut. So <laughs> if you manage to do it in twelve rather than fourteen, it means you. Yep. I think it's because there's a big black hole and you have to skirt, skirt as close to the black hole as you can. Um, so the Falcon th- managed to do it. In that distance, I don't know. I mean, that's my guess. I think I think George Lucas didn't know what a parsec was. That's uh. that's the most likely answer. But, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so what's your your next question? Uh, question two: um, What is the actual name of the cantina where Obi Wan and Luke meet Han and Chewie? Oh, it was the Mos Eisley Cantina, but uh, what's the actual name of it? Yeah, uh, oh, I don't know. That is hard. Apparently, yeah, these, these might have been too hard. Um, the the Charmans Spaceport Cantina. Ah, very good. There you go. This gives me an advantage when I go online and do the quiz later, though. So that's, that's true. fine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so mine is, uh, what squadron name does Luke have when he flies in A New Hope on the uh, Attack on the Death Star? Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Can you remember which colour it is? Is is he gold leader? No. 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 So gold's are the oh, I mean, He's red five. Red five. Uh, and the significance in, in Rogue One is that we actually see red five... Um, die in the uh, he dies in the Battle of Scarif. Oh, right. So okay. Luke then so that kind of is a funny, one of the funny in the universe things that Luke obviously then takes his his kind of call sign in the Battle of Yavin. Any connection between Rogue and Rouge? Do you think? I think that's where they got. No, 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 fine. no not at all. Uh, uh, it's Rogue because they're they're going on a secret they're mission. Going, they're leaving they're going rogue. mission. That was, um, that was Riz Ahmed's big bit, wasn't he? He yeah, yeah. the name. Okay, I think you'll I think you'll get this one. I feel confident. We'll see. Uh, what's the name of the malfunctioning astromech droid Uncle Owen chooses before R two D two? Is it R five D four? Very good, very yeah. good. Because he's actually, and you also you actually see a, a similar unit to R five D four in Rogue One, apparently. Um, not actually the same droid, because that'd be a bit right. weird. Right. But um, yeah. you see a similar okay. kind of model. Anyway, so uh, what planet is Darth Vader's castle on? We talked about the castle earlier briefly. Oh boy. Oh, I have absolutely. It is no a idea. planet we've seen before no. in Star Wars. It's actually it's Mustafar. 
So it's the, it's the planet that, okay. he, uh, that Aberon and Anakin had their big duel on, the epic duel with the lava. Oh. Um, and actually, that, that castle actually is, is based on kind of original kind of Ralph McQuarrie, who's the kind of the concept artist for Star Wars, original kind of art yeah. that he did for Empire Strikes Back, apparently. Oh. Star Wars knowledge for you there. There you go. I did not know any of that. Hmm. Um, okay, question question four for you. What is the race of aliens guarding Jabba's palace? Uh, Gamorreans. Very good. Gamorrean gods. Can't, yeah. can't believe you're beating me with these ridiculously hard questions. Oh. Um, so then, so my, I've actually already given you the answer for question oh, four. Boy, so I have to do my, but I did have a bonus one next to it. So the question was, who is the component, composer of the score for Rogue One? Okay. Which is... It was that person you said that I wasn't listening. Sure. Because it's not John Williams, is it? Michael someone Giacchino. Else, uh, I'll give it to you again. One. So, which, what, when else did Michael Giacchino work on a series, a film series that John Williams had composed the original for? Um, Harry Potter. No, it's not. No, a good guess. It's actually um, Jurassic Park. So he does he uh, does okay. Jurassic World and did a number of the Jurassic Park computer games. Uh, judging from my scroll through IMDb earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Emb- embarrassingly, last last time Zijan asked me who composed the music for the fourth Harry Potter film, and I got it wrong, and it clearly still don't know the answer. Um, it's not John Williams, <laughs> is it? Well, John Williams did the first three. Yeah, he did. That's it. Someone replaced him, um, and I thought it might be the same guy. Clearly, I don't retain information. Yeah, okay. He also did the music for Lost, Michael Giacchino. He did all oh, the yeah. music for Lost. Interesting. There we go. Question five, and again, I think you've got this one. Uh, what game do R2, R2-D2 and Chewbacca play aboard the Millennium Falcon? It's Holochess, um, but I think there's a particular name for it. There and is. It's, it's not R2-D2, it's um, C-3PO. It is, isn't it? I, I, I copied that question down directly yeah. but without without thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. Is it Holochess? What's the answer they give? Dejaric. Dejaric, yeah. No, I, I, no, it does ring a bell. Okay. Mm. Before you do your question five, I have a bonus question. Hmm. Um so you you know how Luke, uh, Leia, and Han are trapped in the the garbage masher unit. Yes. What is the seven digit number of that garbage masher unit? You've got a one in ten million chances. So, so. Yeah, I can't remember. The, the, I know I know the um ah oh, the, the monster in there is called a oh is, I can't is it di- it's like a dian is it Dianoga? I've not got that. I'm afraid. So but, um, take a word for it. Anyway, so my last one three, is three two three two six three eight two seven. Go for it. This is, the, this I, is for I me to uh, pull level. What is used to power the Death Star's super laser? Uh, it's powered by kyber crystals, isn't Very it? Very good. Well done. Okay. To all, honours even, good times. I'm trying to think of a, a bonus, a, a tiebreak question, but I can't think of it. No, we'll just take the, we'll take the draw, I guess. Um, That's, oh, I know that. I just thought of my bonus question. In which Star Wars computer game um, <laughs> did you first play a character who stole the planets of the Death Star? And what was the name of the character? Uh, if I get this wrong, does that mean you've won? Yes. Decided <laughs> that. That seems fair. Was the computer game um, Star Wars Rebels? It was, was not. Even a, no, even it was Dark, Dark Forces, which came out in 1995. And the player was Kyle Katarn, um, who then went on to star in the Jedi Knight computer game series. Well, there you go. By, by newfound rules, you are the, the winner. Congratulations. Uh, it's very generous of you. You don't make the rules, <laughs> apart, from, apart from that one. Um, yes, we're I way over time. <laughs> These are not the questions you're looking for. Yes. Um, we were going to do an actor factor of, of Harrison Ford films. We're way over time. So uh, to, to make it very quick, what is your favourite non-Star Wars Harrison Ford film? And don't tell me why. Just... Okay, uh, probably Indiana Jones. I really like Indiana Jones. That's the first one. Uh, 
Yeah, well, Raiders right, right the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. Temple of Doom, not so much, or Kingdom of Crystal Skull, but one and three. One and three. I'm going controversial. I'm going to say my favourite Harrison Ford film, other than Star Wars, uh, is Witness. Hmm. There you go. Um, yeah. uh, right. Thank you very much, James. It's been a very great pleasure. It's been great fun. Thank you. Uh, will you uh, Will you come back and join uh, join me for episode eight? I would be delighted to. Yes, absolutely. I look forward to that. Um, just let me tell the uh, the listeners what Zeej and I are up next time. Mm. It's our, it's our year-end review. We're also looking forward to uh, the films of uh, 2017, uh, including Star Wars Episode Eight. Uh, we will be talking about the, the films of Emma Stone, and we'll be doing a quiz on Die Hard. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, once again, thank you, James, for joining us. Mm, thank you for having me. It's been great fun. Great C to J of movies episode. Absolutely. And uh, thank you for listening. Cheerio. Bye.